All right. Hey, guys, welcome to uh, this episode of Real Live Talk. I'm pumped that you're here to check out today's conversation. I've got an awesome guest with me today, uh, but I do want to just say thank you guys for taking the time to check out this episode. I pray that the content blesses you. Uh, if it does, if it adds any kind of value to your life or challenges you in some way, if you consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, depending on uh, if you're watching this live or listening on one of the podcast platforms, that'll determine what you're able to do there. But I appreciate you guys so much. And um, I'm excited for this this conversation. Jessica Hurlbut, Pastor Jessica Hurlbut is back on the podcast today. Uh, Jessica is a pastor, writer, ultra runner, adoption advocate, podcast host, and mother of five. Uh, Jessica and her husband, Greg, are the lead pastors at New Testament Church in Messina, New York. Jessica, how you doing? It's so great to have you back with me today. You don't have to call me pastor. <laughs> <laughs> pastor pastor jessica okay don't call me pastor wife either so i don't know what you call me just call me jessica <laughs> just call just call you jessica do, do you prefer do, does anybody call you jess or does everybody call you yeah, jessica no actually that's typical jess yeah 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 do you prefer one or the other i don't care no as long as it's not okay. Jesse. My mom used to call me Messy Jesse all growing up. So that that's yeah, no. Messy Jesse. I'm not even messy either. So it's very <laughs> it's one of those word curses you had to break off, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm pumped that you're here. Thank you again for coming back on the show. Um I I had you on, I think it was like back in circa august of last year yeah. and then i was able to interview greg as well at one point and um before back when i had you on it was before the latest adoption day run which took place in november it was before your uh, podcast kicked off the full spectrum parent podcast and uh so i'm just i'm curious about what turns life has taken since uh, since I last spoke to you? First of all, how did um, everything go with the adoption run? It went awesome. Yeah, uh, we had over 100 in-person runners, um, which is about mm. what we had last year. Uh, yeah, it went really smooth. The more we do this, the more it's kind of like clockwork. I mean, I say that for me, who just like shows up and runs. Or my husband, yeah. you know, driving for 24 hours without sleep, you know, <laughs> like maybe you have a different version of this story, but it really went great. Um, a lot of community involvement, you know, the papers always come out take pictures of the runners, um, you know, gets a lot of buzz going on in the community just about foster care, about adoption, um, the adoption agency from our county here shows up. Actually, they all, they're all starting to become runners now because of yeah. this is awesome or speed walkers whatever you want to call it doesn't matter as long as they get it done so um yeah uh i think there was seven or eight of them that ran at like two or three in the morning and did from Come on. their building because we run right by their building at one point because we run kind of the way the run works is this you know 125 miles around our county and so at one point we're running right in canton new york where they're located and so they pick up there and they run like a five mile leg. So yeah, it was awesome. Um, I'm hoping to see, you know, excited to see what God's going to do, how it's going to grow in the future, especially now. I know COVID's not going away, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. you always have to be like careful, right? But people are feeling a little bit more comfortable to be able to partake in things, you know, 
So I'm hoping in the next couple of years too, we'll just see an increase of runners and stuff. So, yeah. That's so cool. So you guys did 125 yeah. miles 125 this year? 125 miles, yeah. So, and the weather was nice. So it's about five mile legs. We break it up in about five or six miles each leg. So, and mm. every leg had at least one person. Most of them had four, five, six. Some of them had 10 or 12 people running, which is fun. It's so cool. Other people, right? And it's not a race. Yeah. So we the fast person that shows up, we make them go slow. Because, we have, <laughs> well, it's dangerous at night because you have, we have a car, a pacer car that follows them the whole time. So you're shine, we shine our lights on them. We have people wear, you know, um, reflective gear, headlamps, that kind of stuff. But still, you don't want a 3 a.m., you know. Yes. 15-year-old <laughs> girl that's running slow, being left in the dark and the other runners, you know. Yeah, so that's always a little bit of a challenge, but it's super fun. And even all the like the runners in our uh, community, they say this is our favorite run of the year because there's nothing like it. I mean, running at like you know in the middle of the night yeah. across the count, there's nothing like it. Like we're not really copying anybody, so <laughs> it's pretty. That's cool. so cool. So, yeah. Could could you explain just uh, briefly for anybody that's not aware uh, why you did 125 miles? So every year it's on National Adoption Day, um, which is the, towards the end of November. The day changes a little bit, November 20th. Um, we run, and the amount of miles that our community runs or whoever wants to join in is equal to um, how many thousands. So right now there's 125,000 kids in foster care. Well, there's a half a million in foster care, but 125,000 that are free to be adopted. So that means that they don't have any legal ties to their birth parents for whatever reason. Their parents have maybe yeah. lost their rights or their parents have surrendered their rights. And so they're in the system as, you know, it's put. But basically, they may be in a foster home that can adopt or they may be in a group home. Um, so, yeah, so we do it in honor of those kids and to bring awareness. Mm. A lot of people don't realize how many kids in this country are free to be adopted um and most people look overseas or they look through private adoption so it's really um an awareness a celebration of adoption too there's a lot of families that have adopted that join in um just to celebrate it but really for the community and for the state new york state it's it's an awareness um just bringing awareness to the need yeah so yeah that's what we do it's been Let's see, since 2016, so. That's so cool. It's been that long. No, I lied. That's why I'm wrong. It's 2000. <laughs> I was like, can't be that many years. Yeah, since 2018. Yep, so. 2000, and you said 19 or 18? No, 18. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. So 2018 First is when year. you did, that That was the year you started out doing it by yourself, right? And then. I did it by myself. Yeah, so I didn't make it. So we decided let's. Uh, let's you, did, you did make it. You just needed some help. So we so some other folks got involved at the end and uh, yeah. that's how it blossomed into what it is today. And this yeah. whole thing, that's a community event. It's it's so cool. I love I love that story. I really want, honestly, I would love to see, you know, someday just other counties, not even in the state, other states kind of take it on you know what i mean and just say mm -hmm. hey we're do our own you know and we're going to facilitate an adoption run because that would just be it's just it's just really been awesome for our county mm -hmm. and just i was just thinking 
What? <laughs> I was just thinking it'd be cool to do that in, you know, somewhere like Alaska <laughs> where it's just yeah. sunny all day, all day long. So they'd be running those people at two and three in the morning. It would be, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if in November, November might be their yeah, darkness. It might dark. be their time of darkness. <laughs> so it'd be dark the whole time. Well, so maybe not, but it would be good for them either way because it'd be mental, mentally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think I interrupted you a second ago. Oh no, I was just saying that it's just been so awesome for our county in the sense of awareness, but also a lot more people signing up to do foster care. Some mm. of them just fostering, some of them adopting, some of them just doing respite, which all that means is you can be certified and maybe you're not able to take a child like long term but you could watch them while that foster family goes on. Cause a lot of times you can't take your foster child with you out of state. So if they need to go on summer vacation or they just need a break, um, be, doing respite is another great way that people can, um, you know, serve and help these. Wow. Kids. Yeah. I have a friend. So, um, good friends of ours are in our small group. They started fostering a couple years ago. They were part of the adoption run and they had always had it on their heart. They have one daughter and they're just like, they just say yes. <laughs> so like the first <laughs> people that they called, it was like, we have, you know, four kids. They're like four, four, five, six, you know, like really small. <laughs> Will you take them? And they're like, yes. Wow. So That's incredible. Kid to five, like immediately. But the coolest part about the story, I mean, they're amazing, is their next door neighbor who they knew, obviously, because they were neighbors, but she also worked at the elementary school all these kids went to, saw, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys are doing this. I'm going to go get certified myself um, to do respite. So whenever my friends have to go and visit family for Christmas time or go on vacation, their next door neighbor is fully certified. She, you know, and she just comes over to the house, you know, That's so cool. They have to leave their home. They can still kind of be in, you know, their element and she watches them. And I'm like, who does that? You know, like, it's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing to see how it's spreading yeah, uh, throughout the community. It's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's sure. Yeah, it's just, and I think it was the same for us. We kept saying, you know, we wanted to adopt, but kept thinking, man, I don't know anyone really that's done this, you know, mm. so just to have that, like to have somebody that you're like, hey, I can go talk to them and pick their brain, um, you know, and the more people now that are involved, the more people you have to kind of glean from. So yeah, it's been kind of cool that way. Yeah. Uh, it's super cool. It's super cool. I, I love, I love, love, love what you guys are doing with the advocacy for adoption and foster care. And it's just cool to see how by people being around you, um, whether it's because they're part of the run that you organize or just through, you know, hearing your stories in church or, you know, whatever. But uh, it's just cool to see how uh, people get that same kind of passion people that maybe hadn't thought about it before people that hadn't even maybe considered it or didn't know they weren't aware of how many children really are in the foster care system or what the foster care system is like how many of these kids as you mentioned 125,000 ish currently that are cleared for adoption in the uh, yeah cleared for adoption in the foster care system but do you so do you recommend you call it you, you said it was called Nesbit 
what? Um, or no, that's not the right word. What 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 is it where you said where you you don't you're not a full fledged oh, foster parent, but respite. respite sorry, <laughs> I don't know what Nesbitt is. Respite. So I'm assuming that's an acronym for something. Yeah. But so, do you recommend that to people that you know maybe they're not sure if they can handle being a full fledged foster care parent yeah. right now, and they just kind of want to get a feel for it? Yeah, I would definitely recommend that. That's how we started, okay. um, because we wanted to adopt, but we weren't sure about the whole fostering thing. Uh, you know, we we're kind of scared of that. Like we're going to fall in love with a child and they're going to take them away from us. Yeah. And so they, you know, had recommended, they said, look, you know, why don't you just consider respite? Because you just kind of the, basically the social services said it, you're getting your feet wet. You know, it is all of it scary, all of it's new, and you got to do all the paperwork and stuff regardless of what you do. So you get to determine what your level of involvement is, you know. And the nice thing about it, too, was, um, which a lot of people don't realize this, is you can go through the classes. It's 10 weeks to be certified to be a foster or adoptive parent or to do respite. So it's a lot. But after you're done, you can also put your house on standby. <laughs> or hold um so for example like i got pregnant um soon after we finished the classes and one of our discussions was should we pause as far as ah. adoption mm -hmm. it's just kind of another thing it's nice to know that because it's just you feel like you're signing your name on some like you know dotted line and in blood and you're like oh gosh what have i gotten into it's scary like i don't care how much of a you know excitement you have for this it's still scary like taking on lives you know and not knowing you know it really i me and my husband always say adoption and foster care is like like the, the biggest test of fate mm. just in general like you can apply it to your faith like life in so many ways like i don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow <laughs> i don't know if we'll have these kids forever i don't know like it just and even in making the decisions when they call you up and they say you know like they said to us there's a newborn baby actually they said it was a girl but it's not my son there's no more information right half the time so you're just you don't know what's going on and you kind of are get thrown in you know so respite is a really good way to just okay how do i feel about this you know how do i feel about kids coming into my home and and you know because you you have a lot of emotions so it really lets you still be because it's a huge need because the thing mm. with the kids in foster care is they are not legally allowed to stay i think they can be babysat by like a daycare or something but they cannot stay overnight anywhere unless it's a certified foster home uh, okay Okay. So we, a county like as big as ours, I mean, I knew at one point we only had 40 or 50 foster homes in the whole county. That's not true now. It's more, it's like a hundred and something. But um, even still, I mean, you're trying to place all the kids that go into care, but then you're also trying to figure wow. out who's going to watch these kids when this family's gone for two weeks. And then they end up putting them in other homes with, that are, you know, have kids already which is okay, but that's a stress on them, right? You know, oh, I have five. Sure, I'll take four more. Like, that's craziness, <laughs> right? So, I mean, rescue is a really good, and even if that's all you ever do, say, you know what, I can't. You know, we even had some people in our church, they're um, older, their kids are grown, but they're, you know, in good health, retired. They cert they became certified to do respite because they said, I could help you, you know, because me and my husband, sometimes, you know, we go 
We don't really go on vacations. We go on missions trips. <laughs> we go on vacation yeah. to Uganda. Like third world countries are our vacations. <laughs> but, you know, like 12 but, hours off at some point and you, yeah. and you it feels like a vacation. Yeah. So, you know, we had a couple of people in our church that, yeah, they did that. And they just help people and families that, you know, are away. So, yeah, there's a lot mm. of possibilities. But No, it's beautiful. It's awesome. It is. It's so cool. And and it's obviously, obviously so needed. I mean, when you share, you know, when you share the numbers, just of those that are in foster care that are currently cleared for adoption, I know the overall number of kids in foster care is like, probably, I think we said last time at half a million or yeah. some yep. crazy number. And I think what you said a minute ago about that friend of yours who just says yes, <laughs> she just says yes. And then when you were talking again, after that, you were talking about how it really is kind of like one of the biggest steps of faith that you can imagine because you don't know what's going to happen. And I just think that sort of, um, I guess like what just be, being that willingness, you know, if, if it's something that maybe you, somebody that's listening or or um, whatever that has considered or is considering or something like that. But there is all that uncertainty with it. I just think that willingness to stand before the Lord and to just see what he's saying and then just say yes, you know, just to say yes to Jesus. Um, that, that I think that goes for every area of our lives, you know, just saying yes to the Lord and being willing to take that step of faith, not knowing what it's going to look like tomorrow or a month from now or a year from now. Um, but just that willingness to kind of say, you know what, I'm going to say yes, I'm going to respond. And I just think that that's such a such a beautiful thing and something that is obviously so needed, as as you're pointing out, you know, that's my husband's motto. People ask him, <laughs> well, how did you get here? He's like, I have no idea, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's true. Like Jesus will take us as far as our yes will allow. Him. And there's times where we're like, mm, it's good. Well, right. We do. And I'm not saying be a yes man and say yes to everything. Then you're just, you know, overwhelmed and you're not doing God's will. But there are certain yeses that, yeah, he's, he requires of us, I think. And, you know, he'll take us as far as our yes will allow him to. So that's really good. That's really good. Well, I want to transition just just a little bit. I want to talk to you a little bit about about the podcast, um, the Full Spectrum Parent Podcast. It's available on Spotify. It's on iTunes, right? It's of it probably Amazon, all the major players, right? It's available pretty much wherever you can get podcasts. Um, where else is it available? Because I know you guys have kind of joined up with um, ChristianParenting.org as well, which is super exciting. So yeah, talk, just talk about that for a second, that partnership and it's on Google too and Stitcher. I forget them all. It's on everything, honestly, almost all of the yeah. ones. Are <laughs> because they added, so yeah, I'll talk a little bit about Christian parenting. So we started in October. We launched our podcast, the Full Spectrum Parent Podcast, which is pretty much for any parent <laughs> because we joke because our family I have five kids my son is a typical teen you know and then I have two kids with severe autism and then we've adopted two who have different struggles like you know reactive attachment or this you know uh, attention issues so we just kind of have a full spectrum of parenting possibilities <laughs> yes yeah. so um yeah so we started we launched in october i forget the actual start date but we had one episode released 
and um, kind of figuring out all the kinks and all that stuff, you know. Um, me and my husband do it together. And maybe a week or so later, uh, which was bizarre, <laughs> um, Christian Parenting Network uh, reached out to us and said, can we have a phone call? And I was like, well, okay. I didn't even know what a podcast network is. And I'm sure you feel laugh at this because I know you're like a podcast like guru. Like I had to ask you questions just to get started. So I'm like, I don't even know what this means. Like, do we want to do this? I was like, is this a cult? Like, <laughs> mm, this is a cult. <laughs> a network. Like, like, what do they want from us, though? And they like, they want anything <laughs> from there, us. <laughs> is there blood involved in this yeah. pledge? Yeah. So, I mean, and so it's christianparenting.org if you guys want to check them out. They're actually an amazing ministry. It's a nonprofit ministry. Um, I think it started just as far as um, like a website and um, they have a blog that they do. And then they started a um, online event, like a parenting conference. And I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been a while now that they now have launched into kind of the podcast arena and just kind of following uh, where the culture is going and that more and more people are listening to podcasts. And I believe they have about 20 or 21 podcasts now that are in their network and their real mm. goal is like their motto is you know all about you know being the imperfect perf you know perfect parent that god's called you to be like just kind of embracing our you know our struggles and our weakness and in that god you know will be strong and just continuing to learn and grow in our faith and in our walk with him um so, yeah, and I think they're about 21 podcasts, but the cool thing is they really are trying to reach all different kinds of families. Um, they have a podcast, yeah. Blended Families, like if you, you've experienced divorce and it's so cool, very particular kind of niche things, you know, so um, they have, they even have a podcast, which I actually really enjoy about talking to your kids about money. Um, like, wow. so just have all Great. these different kind of real. I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really neat. Um, so they kind of contacted us. We talked for a while and then we decided, I think it was a couple months later, um, we officially joined their network. Um, and it's been awesome. It's just been really great. So um, just kind of reaching a wider audience and, and getting to, I mean, they even have like, um, I don't know how often it is. Every so many months, we have like people that we meet with about marketing and tech stuff, and like just oh, that's awesome. Like for free, <laughs> um, so yeah. It's huge. It's been a huge, huge blessing. Um, yeah, and I'm just excited to see where God takes it. That's so cool. Um, I I think. Well, I've said this before, obviously, but um, I love what you're doing. And I love the fact that you can take like one of those niche areas of a, of a podcast, like you said, talking to your kids about money, yours, the full spectrum parent podcast, which is really on a, on a broad scale. It's um, because of the way you guys talk and share your stories and because of how open you guys are about the struggles and about the, the challenges that you face. And you really don't sugarcoat things. You just kind right. of go for it. And you're you're real you know you're not trying to to hide things to make yourselves look better or something like that and i just think that it's so refreshing the way that you guys do it and so for me you know um i i, I guess the description of the podcast is like a, a faith-based um, 
<laughs> I'm laughing. I'm sorry, this is totally interrupting. Um, but I'm laughing because the reason why my dog is barking is because my husband's walking by. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Greg, what up? Which is even more hilarious because he lives here. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. He was like trying to creep by behind me too, and I think that's what made my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greg. It's good to hear your voice, buddy. <laughs> I mean, the cool thing I think that kind of sets us apart. There's a lot of podcasts about autism, but we're the only one that I could find, and I looked for a long time because I needed one. That was Christian, and that was. Uh, based on the word of God, which seems kind of yeah. weird, but like, you know, there's a lot of medical ones where you're talking a lot about, you know, the medical and the brain and, and the neurological side of things, which is great and necessary and needed. There's a lot of like naturopathic, like podcasts mm -hmm. about autism where, you know, like heal your gut and then your child will be better. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I tried it. It didn't work for my kids. So. But, you know, and then there's a lot of, um, like, teacher, whether there's someone someone in the education field. Gotcha. Which is great, too. Um, resources for podcasts regarding specifically kids on the spectrum. And, um, and then there are some mom ones or parent ones. But, again, all of them were really – you know, honestly, just to be honest, they were kind of sad because you'd hear these like mm. sad, hard stories. And there, I felt like there's no hope in this. Like I wasn't listening to them made me feel a little better. Cause I felt like, well, I can relate to this person. There's that other people out there that go through what right, I'm going and that, through. That's yeah. a big piece of it. But I just felt like the other piece that was missing was like hope. And the only hope we yeah. have is Jesus, right? Like I can't give you anything else. And, and honestly, that's what you even sense in some of the other podcasts is they're trying to put their hope, and this is something I really hit on hard in other things. Now, granted, if they mm. don't want Jesus, I don't blame them. But you know what I mean? Whether it's this this solution over here, or this therapy, or this um, diet, or whatever mm. it is, um, it's like you bank and put your trust in it, and just hope like this is going to change our life and help my child. Nothing wrong with that, but it's like I wanted to be able to offer like the true source of hope. You know, like Jesus is the only one and not even just to say, you know, oh, like Jesus can miraculously heal my kids. Well, that would be wonderful. And I pray that, but, but hope in the journey, right? Like hope in yes the mess, because that's what we all need right now. Hmm. Right. <laughs> so hope in the mess. Goal. I feel like you should write a book called hope in the mess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but what I was going to say a second ago, uh, what I was going to say before, uh, you know, before I got interrupted by the dog, I, I was I, I just wanted to say that um, I don't relate on the level of, you know, I don't have children with autism, but I relate so much to you guys and to the way that you talk and the way that you, you know, talk about your struggles, because on some level, we all have struggles, we all have challenges, we all have conflict, we all go like every parent goes through that thing where you're like, Oh, man, did I handle that right? Or, you know, you didn't handle it right. You're like, I blew yeah. it. Like, I just I screwed up my kid just now. Like, you know what I mean? We yeah. all we all go through those, those times, those experiences. And there's so many different areas of, um, you know, things that you guys get into. 
let me just say, I, I really enjoyed the episode that you guys did where you talked about medication. Mm. Um, because again, from your perspective, you were talking about medication from, you know, specifically for, uh, for your kids and, but that applies, you know, I think we could apply that to anything. And some of the stigmas that are attached, you have the parents that say, well, if, um, you know, if you put your kids on medication, then, then that means that you're not trusting God. And then you yeah. have the other side where it's like, if you, if you don't put your kids on medication, it means you don't care about them. You don't love them. And it's like, hold on. Like, how about we, we hear what God is saying for us and that we walk through this the best way that we can for now, for the season that we're in. And if we have to make a different decision later or whatever, but I, I just think that the openness, um, to go through those things, it, re it really does resonate with me, uh, just as a, as a parent on a, on a very, uh, you know, basic level. And I think that it's really, really cool. And I was just going to say, I think that what's really cool about the network is that you can have these different niche areas, but just because it's specified to a particular, you know, group or a particular segment of the community, uh, it doesn't mean that people that are not necessarily part of that specific community right. can't glean from it and get a lot out of it as well. So, but anyway, yeah. it's just super cool. Yeah. And we're totally seeing that, you know, there's a lot of people that listen that don't have special needs kids. You know, and it's, you know, it's, you know, we're always kind of walking that line, like, like, I want it to be, you know, specific sometimes to those needs, but I also like want it to be general to the sense of, like you said, we're parents, we're all struggling with a lot of the same things. And I think the more uh, open and vulnerable we are with our own struggles, you know, like, that's how we decide our episodes. I mean, mm. it's like. We're dealing with this right now. Let's do a podcast yeah. on it, right? Because when it's fresh like that and you have all of these questions, concerns, things people say to you, like, um, it just, yeah, it's real down to earth. This is real life, you know? And, and I think, you know, coming not from like being, you know, pastors as like a holier than thou thing, but just bringing that Christian like the Christian culture, or sometimes even like you said, the stigmas with medicine or, or special needs even, or, you know, um, healing or, I mean, all mm. of those things like, yeah, sometimes they can see, seem to be at odds with each other. But I think, you know, as, because we're kind of thrown into this, like we've had to figure out you know, and, and again, we don't ever try to like tell somebody this is what you need to think or this is what you need sure. to do. Um, but more like this is our process. This is how we arrive mm -hmm. to where we are now, whether whatever that is, you know, we're addressing. So, yeah, it's been fun. We haven't fought too much. So that's good. <laughs> I got a little worried. I was like, do I want to work this closely with my husband? Hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> you are married. That's so funny. No, okay. Yeah. Um, do, do you, yeah. So I was, I was just thinking as you were talking that, um, I just forgot what I was going to say. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I think that even, even as for, for me, from my perspective as a pastor, and, uh, I'm sure you all can relate with this too. You know, I'm, I, I think that I, I probably used to think more that for me to get up and talk about something or to teach about something, I have to have it all figured out. You know, I think I used to have that that idea in my mind. But what I find more and more is I, I find myself talking about things and teaching about things and imparting things based on 
what I'm what I'm living, what I'm experiencing, what I'm learning, and even sometimes things that I don't do that well. And 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 I think that that there's this community aspect of you know what we're talking about with the podcast or just with the way that you relate to people the way that you you know teach the way that you instruct the way that you you know whatever it is and when we can kind of get together where it's like look i'm i'm not just showing you guys my highlight reel i'm not just showing you guys what i'm so great at and what i'm so perfect at there might be some things here and there uh, so, and they're probably very few, but there might be some things here and there where I'm like, you know what? I'm actually pretty good at this. <laughs> I've got a pretty good handle on this. I've still not arrived. I'm still not perfect, but you know, whatever. But I think more often than not, I'm probably yeah. talking about things where I'm like, I'm in the boat with you. Right. And like, let's do it. So I think even on a, maybe on a subconscious level, I've just noticed this recently that when I, when I'm teaching now, I'm more so I rarely will say you like I'll, addressing the audience as, you know, you need to learn how to do this. I'm usually putting myself in there. I think even when I write, I've started to do that more. Right. And not that one way is right or, 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 you know, better than the other. But I just think on a subconscious level for me, I'm kind of like, yeah, like we need to do this. Like this is how we need to learn how to relate to the Lord. This is how we need to learn wow. how to develop a kingdom lifestyle and how we need to learn to raise our kids and stuff like that. And even if it is something that I do well, I recognize that, you know, like I'm I'm not my doing well with it is <laughs> like compared to somebody else might not be good at all. And right. so like there's growth that that I need in this area as well. And um I just I, I really love that aspect of the way that y'all teach and, and impart your, yeah, your wisdom I mean, to people. I think as leaders too, if, if people perceive us as always doing everything right, I mean, we know that's not true, but if there's a perception of that, <laughs> then we feel like the exception to the rule. So whatever we see God's favor in our life or God using us or our kids doing well, or, you know, growing in God, they put you over here as this exception. Well, that's, that's, that's because, you know, they're, you know, an enigma. They're uh, like, we don't know what's going on over there, but my life here, like I need help in my mess. Right. Like, so mm. I think the more we're honest and I think the more you're in leadership, the more that that happens, even when you try for it not to happen, just because I think it's human nature. Like, and so I think that, you know, that's why Paul said in our weakness, he's strong. Like we have to constantly boast about our weakness because they can't mm. see us. They have to see Jesus. And the only way they're going to see him working through us, if we're constantly being glaringly like obvious, like, no, 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 no. Let me just clarify that. This is not me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, but then they can see, wow, look what Jesus is doing in them. Look what he's doing through them. Look what he's doing in their family. And suddenly at the, at the same time, like you're saying, do they can relate to you? Like, oh, yeah, you that too. You yelled at your kid too. I can't believe, you know, I mean, we've had people say that to us. I can't. And not Pastor Jessica, right, you right. yelled at your children. <laughs> not a shame, shame, right? More like a, sure. oh my gosh, like, I can't believe. You guys have gone through this too. I thought it was just me. I thought I was a horrible person, a horrible parent. And, you know, I just think people need to know that so that then they can have hope that, man, Jesus can change me. Man, Jesus can still work in me. Mm. Even despite when, you know, I mess up as a parent, 
you know, God, God can still restore that. And God, you know, he can make up the difference. So absolutely. I think that's a big part of discipleship is, you know, just kind of inviting people into your real life and letting them kind of see those struggles. You know, it's not all about just what you're instructing people to do. It's about them being able to see the just the authentic you to kind of seeing you in life, the way that you relate with your family and to people and to the Lord and stuff like that. And I just think it's it's so powerful, um, as you're saying. I, I think that it's so powerful when people see that. And it, it's it's really funny that if we don't see that from our leaders, if we don't see the struggles, if we don't see you know, the issues and the challenges. I'm not saying you need to like open your, you know, dirty laundry to everybody and let them see everything and let them hear about every fight you have and let them hear about every breakdown. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but, but there is an element where, like, I remember experiencing this, like I would look at people that were in leadership, people that were in positions of authority, people that I respected and looked up to. And I would just think like with, with all the stuff that I'm struggling with, how could I ever get to that point like how, like i must not be qualified i must and and yeah. this thing happens in our minds where we disqualify ourselves exactly. based on what we think we see just on, based on our perception of other people not knowing that of course that person has their own struggles as well you know I, i'm just not seeing it right now because i'm not with them all the time i'm not with them when they're home when they're at their house and so that vulnerability with leaders is i i think i think it's so important it's so powerful and because i think that people do just kind of develop that thing where they kind of feel isolated or they feel alone in something if they don't see that coming from the people that they look up to and respect. And at least, you know, even if it's not saying that you identify with the exact same kind of struggle, I just think as leaders in general, being able to empathize with people where they are and and I do think a big part of that is, you know, being able to be open and vulnerable about the struggles that right. we that we do have, you know. Yeah, I think at the end of the day you become real, like a real person. I'm a real boy. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> Your voice sounds better than mine. I don't remember what I don't remember what he's I, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I don't remember what his voice actually sounds like, but that's about right. I'm sure it was high pitched. Um but I wasn't going to say something I was going to say, Oh, well, just that even I've had people, not Christians, you know, reach out to me online or, you know, at the grocery store or whatever. And just basically say my perception of Christianity has changed. Thank you. Like maybe not even saying they're following God yet, but I think, you know, like you break down a wall when people see you as a human. You know, and and that, and I honestly think that's when God starts to shine through because you're not Mm. human anymore. You're a human with all these flaws, but they can't help. Even people that aren't Christians, they don't know how to put it into words, but there's this something, there's something, you know, you know how people say, what is it about you? Right. And I think the reason people can say that we all know it's God's presence. It's his favor. It's him, his Holy spirit being in our life. But I really think the key to that is he shines best in our, you know, in our brokenness, in our cracks. Like, wow. Yeah. I just, it's been really cool to just connect with people in that way that aren't even, you know, wouldn't call themselves maybe Christians, but they're now kind of a little bit more open, like kind of, you know, because I mean, I think that's how, you know, Mm. Jesus 
had no flaws, but he was so human. Like at the same time that drew, that drew people to him. Right. Like, absolutely. I, I was yeah. just preaching a couple of weeks ago about when he, you know, appeared to the, well, one of the times he appeared to the disciples and he makes them breakfast. And I'm just, I always just think that's so weird. <laughs> How many days? Yeah. 40 days, Jesus, to like, for you go back up into heaven. Like you probably got a lot of important things to do and you're like cooking fish and stuff. And like, making them breakfast just because he just was so human. Like he was just wanted, you know, that relationship. And I think the more we're vulnerable, the more we display that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. What very well said people are, are definitely looking for that authenticity and that's what they got from Jesus, which was the opposite that they were getting from the Pharisees and the, and the religious, religious leaders. Cause that was all about, Basically, the the perspective of the people was, look at them, look how holy they are, look how they've got it all together. And it was this, it highlighted to them their sinfulness because they knew that they could never attain to that or that their perception was that they could never attain to that. And so it just made them feel worse. It made them feel more distant from God. It made them feel like their life was more hopeless than it was. And then when Jesus, the holiest person by like infinity times you know that's ever lived that's ever walked on this earth and he's approaching people that had again been ostracized that had been marginalized and they they have this ability now to draw near to him and to get an authentic dose of this is who god the father is mm -hmm. you know by seeing jesus by the way that he related to them and even though he never he never said he never gave people permission to continue on living a sinful lifestyle. He never condemned them in their sin. He, he, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he met them where they were at. He honored them where they were at. And then he called them higher, yeah. you know, he, because he was able to speak into their lives because they saw him for who he was yeah. and because he related to them, you know, in a personal way. And it's just, it's so the heart of God. For people and it's something that i think that as leaders a lot of times that we can miss that we can we can forget about that yeah. and we we're we're here on the earth to demonstrate to represent god well for people so that they can learn how to relate to him on a personal level to know how much he loves them and mm -hmm. you know so often I, I think that in the church we've just in general over the years at so many different times in so many different ways been so guilty of leading people to feel condemned right. or feeling like they don't measure up or that they can't have that that you know as strong a connection because of the mistakes that they've had or the past that they that they've lived and i think we need to learn more and more how to be that sort of bridge that people can essentially um yeah just walk through to get closer to God and to grow in their relationship with God. I don't remember where it is, but that verse, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Right? Yes. Like, yep. so, you know, it's, the, it's in that, you know, the serving them, making them breakfast, washing their feet, like meeting them where they're at that they just want to, like, I I want everything you have, Jesus. Like I, I want, you know, I want to change. I want a different life. And so, I mean, that's what we're called to do as leaders. And I think something you hit on too, Duke, that I just wanted to add to was a big part of leadership too is, and it's not in this culture, obviously we know serving, but availability. Mm. Like 
I think the more you and the higher up you go, the more untouchable you become. And Jesus was the exact opposite, right? Yes. Come on. He was the exact opposite. Like <laughs> he was not just approachable. He was like, yes, I'll go to your house. <laughs> yes. I'll eat with you. I'll even invite myself to your house. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, just the exact opposite. Um, like one, one uh, author, Christian author that I love is Bob Goff. He's actually going to be a part of the conference that I'm a part of, but he's that's, he has a big thing on that. Like his number is at the back of every book. And my husband and me, we've called him twice because <laughs> he has a, you so know, cool. he has a ministry in Uganda. And so we had some kids cause we worked with an orphanage there that we wanted to get into the school. And, and so we just called the number in the back of the book and he one ring 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 hey it's bob goff no secretary <laughs> no nothing you know i've heard stories people call him up he's like i'm gonna come pick you up at the airport right now he doesn't even know these people because he just believes jesus put me on this planet to love people i'm gonna be available mm. and it's just that's incredible so, um it's so it's a breath of fresh air because i think that's the way jesus lived he wasn't untouchable like the high priest. He was right down there, you know, washing people's feet and just doing life with people. So. Yeah. One of my favorite um, phrases, statements um, I, from uh, Bill Johnson, he says, Le hang on, I want to make sure I say it right. Um, Rule with the heart of a servant, serve with the heart of a king. And so often that's what, as you said, it's like the more, the, the more you go up in an organization, the more your favor increases, the more, whatever, the higher you go up, whether you're talking about ministry, business, whatever, what typically tends to happen is the more you grow, the more you get, the more uh, authority and influence that you have, the less you're connected with the people. Yes. That's, that's what typically happens. It's actually what's sought out. It's that's sought after when it comes to business, because it's like, you know, when you're the employee at McDonald's, you're right there up front with the people. When you're right. the manager, less so. When you're the regional manager, less so. And then when you're like up in owner levels and stuff like that, you never have to deal with people, which is like what everybody wants um, when you're talking about McDonald's. But <laughs> but that's not the way it's supposed to be when it comes to life, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to, you know, all of that. And I think that we can get to this place where we're so high minded and we, you know, we think that we've arrived, we've attained to something. And so that translates into that, again, that sort of pharisaical mindset that's, I need to distance myself from these commoners, you know, but with Jesus, like the, again, the holiest, the most perfect, like literally God himself, the one who was seated on the throne in heaven and he's down touching lepers, man. And he's wow. down you know, walking from from one place to the next. This is one of the things I love so much about Jesus. Walking from one place to the next because he's going to do ministry. He's going to do the will of the Father. But then along the way, he gets interrupted. And rather than say, hold on, I don't have time for you. He stops for the one and he ministers to them or on some level as well. And it's it's that. I think that's so important in in leadership that I know like for me, like I, I don't do this well and I'm trying to get better at it is building time into my life mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm not so rigid in my schedule so that I can stop and 
just living in that sort of openness and awareness of what God is doing, what God is saying in the moment, whether it's with people that I know or don't know, you know, people that are close to me, but like, I can be so like, kind of bullheaded sometimes and just kind of going forward, going, trying to get something done. I have a hard time if I'm working on something and there's a deadline, I have a hard time stopping until it's done. And what it can cause me to do is miss out on something that matters a whole lot more in the moment because I'm too focused on the next step or getting this thing done or getting this thing accomplished. And that's not what Jesus showed us. Yeah, that sounds, my husband's a lot like that too. He's very like, he's task oriented and he's very good. Like he's very focused, which is a great thing to have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's exactly, you can fall into that, you know, where you're just, yeah. you can't see to the left or the right and somebody <laughs> that needs you. <laughs> yeah. And of but, course there's balance there, but yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I hear you. What what do you think for you has been your favorite thing so far about hosting or co-hosting with your husband this podcast? Um, you know what? Honestly, talking about people, I think the coolest thing has been is just connecting with people across the world or people, you know, like families in similar situations as ours that are really struggling. You know, they have a child on the severe end of the spectrum you know, there's a few people that I have known personally in my life. I have a friend in Ohio that we're close and our daughters are the same age and very similar, you know, challenges. Um, you know, so I have a few people that I have made that connection with, but it's almost like this has opened the door to like so many and it's, you know, sometimes it feels a little overwhelming, like, I can't help you all, you know, like like this felt like in the crowd when everybody was like, you know, heal me. And I'm like, Oh gosh, too many people to help. But like when you take the time for the one, it's just been, it's honestly, you know, and I don't have all the answers either. You know, like you said, you know, as leaders, we don't necessarily always have the answers, but it's just been really awesome to me too, to just feel like, wow, like, you know, I, I, I was able to, in this moment, like instill hope into this family. Like, cause I know like when I, my daughter was first diagnosed and my son too, but especially my daughter, cause she was the first it was such a dark time and Mm. I know exactly what people are feeling with in those moments. And I had gods and some of them don't. So even that, like some of the connections I've been able to make, like, you know, some of them aren't even believers, but I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, I can tell you some tips, Mm. but at the end of the day, Jesus is like, you need Jesus to get through this. Yeah. Like, you know? So it's been such an open door to just kind of, you know, speaking into people's lives and connecting with families. I will never, you know, probably meet in person, but still know, like, I mean, honestly, I'll tell you a quick story. That's kind of crazy. Somebody reached out to me from the West coast asking a bunch of questions, had a child diagnosed on the spectrum. I have no, you know, I've never met these people. They listen to our podcast well, this is about six months ago, or maybe a little less than that, five. And um, just a month ago, they moved here to my camp wow. because of my, and I, of course I was like, please double check this with the school system. But, you know, you know, we have a great county as far as like just uh, resources for children on the spectrum. And so I kind of, they had just asked me a lot of questions. What kind of school does your child go to? And I won't get into the details of it, but I just kind of explained like, 
you know, our, you know, New York state has so much funding for special ed and for autism. And I don't pay anything. And my kid goes to an ABA school 40 hours a mm. week, one-on-one -on -one teachers. It really <laughs> is amazing. And, um, this guy that I was talking to was just like, well, I'm going to call and find out more information. Well, next thing I know, they moved. They live like 15 minutes away. <laughs> We're going to go to coffee soon. And I'm like, this is crazy. And I'm kind of like, man, I hope I didn't steer them wrong. They moved across the country. But like, so just crazy stories like that. Like, wow. Yeah. God, you know, like, hopefully their, their child's going to get a lot more help and attention too. And we just had a part to play in that. Like, it just, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's definitely my favorite part, for sure. So cool. There's definitely also just been like a mass exodus out of the out of the West Coast as well. So, yeah, <laughs> but I I super I I super love that. I love I love what um what this guy did, like looking yeah. at, at a situation that was going to be better and literally moving across the entire country like to get into that situation. Yeah, he he. I think so cool. He's in construction, so he's kind of able to work wherever. So they just said, our, our child comes first and we're going to do what he needs. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. So that's great. Cool. That's yeah. great. Um, you said something a minute ago um, that just made this question pop into my head. So I'm wondering um, if I could maybe just ask you a, a couple of questions or a few questions kind of related to parenting. But this question kind of popped into my head as you were talking about how you were, you know, these people contact you and you basically say, well, um, you know, I can give you some tips or some things that have worked for me, but ultimately your answer is Jesus. Your source is Jesus. And you can actually go directly to him and he can help you with this. I'm wondering from a parenting perspective, how much of that do you think um, goes into, um, you know, your lives with you and Greg, the way that you parent your kids or you know, maybe even on a general sense, how much of you do you think from your perspective, again, do you think should go into the way that we parent our kids? Because our kids come to us and maybe they have a challenge or they have a struggle or they want to know something. How much of it do you think is us as parents just kind of giving them answers and how much of it is, um, you know what, I think it'd be really cool <laughs> if you were to talk to Jesus about that or, you know, well, what, what do you think? even just kind of pointing them back, whether it's going and talking to Jesus or what do you think the, you know, or what does the Bible say about that? Or what do you think the Lord says about that? So um, yeah, it's a little no. bit of a convoluted question, but. No, I know what you're saying though. Yeah. I mean, I think like as parents, it's obviously our responsibility to instruct our kids, you know, in, in the word and, and following Jesus, but like, there's always that tension, right? Like, of like, I can show you the way, but I can't make you go this way, <laughs> right? Like, and wanting our kids to own their faith, right? And I'm always reminded of that story of, you know, where that guy is crippled and his friends bring him on the mat and they carry him to Jesus. And like, I always think of my kids, I think of that story because the truth is like, I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to present them to Jesus. This is Jesus. You know, I'm going to bring them to church. I'm going to have these conversations together. Mm. You know, I'm going to talk about the Bible. I'm going to, you know, give them their own Bible. Like, but like at the end of the day, it's like, you're always just kind of like, I'm going to put them in the presence of God. I think that's a big thing too. Talking about, you know, there, there's so many things we can do as parents, but to have them be in the presence of God, because in the presence of God, that is where obviously we meet Jesus, 
but it's also where we're changed, right? You know, it's in those experiences. So I think sometimes we try to do it all like ourselves in a sense, you know, like as Christian parents, we're like, oh my gosh, I got to teach them, you know, all these things. And I have, I failed and they don't know that Bible story and I'm a horrible parent. And you're just like dressing <laughs> that you've got to like cram all this information in before they like leave. Right. And it's just like, I don't know, to me, that feels almost like, you know, not again, not that we're te not teaching and instructing, but sure. I think that would be the Pharisees like feeling right. Like, how many laws did they learn? Like, like that's religion. Like, and yes, we want to implement these, you know, things, but I think the biggest thing is bringing them to Jesus. And then the other thing of it is for us, we really try to, and again, you can't air all your dirty laundry, but even me and my husband really try to be open with our kids about our own struggles in the sense mm. of with your kids, you, you yeah, with, with my kids, kids yeah. because like, if I don't share with them how Jesus is changing me, you know what I Come mean? On. Like, yeah, they will do the same thing that we were talking about in leadership. They'll put us over here. Yeah. My parents, I mean, you hear young adults say this, right? Uh, my parents are like <laughs> crazy Christian people. Like they put you over here in this category, whether that you're, you know, super holy or untouchable or whatever. And it's not personal to them, but it's because like, you gotta let them in. And again, you obviously there's discretion. I'm not going to share everything with my kids, but at the same time, they need to see struggles. They need to see when we've messed up and we have to fix it. You know what I mean? And we hmm. have to ask for forgiveness and we have to ask for Jesus to change us. Like, I think being real like that too, like it allows them to see Jesus in action and want that for themselves. Mm. You know? yeah. Well, yeah. 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 There's, there's something about being a pastor's kid, you mm -hmm. know, that <laughs> makes that I think makes it more challenging and there's more pressure. And I remember, you know, just growing up with kids. I, I mean, I grew up in, churches i grew up in christian schools and so you know i was around a lot of um you know pks and and a lot of these like pastors kids they were like the worst <laughs> i'm like what like what happened you know what happened and and it's so often i think that there could be just so much added pressure and i think there's so much of i, I think i mean our kids are so good we don't think they are, but they're so good at picking up on hypocrisy. They're so good at picking up on, on that stuff, right? That and I don't know if hypocrisy is like a, a a tough word, but like, you know, they're they're so good at picking up on on that inauthenticity. You know, they're so good at at, at picking up on things. We think we might be hiding something from them, and uh, they actually know more about it than we than we realize. And when we're not honest about it. You know, I think that, you know, if they in other words, if they hear us preaching or teaching one thing, but see us living a different lifestyle at home, I think they get jaded in their mind and it causes them to be like, well, what's this all about? And to have a bad taste in their mouth about God, about church, about religion. And, um, you know, I think that that's something that as pastors, for sure, that we definitely need to guard against and to do our best. And again, it's never going to be perfect, but to do our best to present to them the real version of who we are, right. you know? And, uh, yeah. And I think too, the other thing with that sometimes with pastors, kids is that they can become, and this is a hard thing for us. We definitely struggle with it. 
um, although our kids are great, but uh, the idea that ministry is so demanding, and I think sometimes for sure, feel like, well, that's you know, that's consumed so much of your time, and I'm over here, remember me. And so, I think sometimes that that some of that jadedness, too, like you know, my parents are always busy, they're always gone, they're always helping someone else, and they never help me, you know. So, really, mm. trying to carve out time specific time you know one thing that we've been trying to do is kind of have time not just I mean obviously family time but really seeing the value in the one-on-one you know my husband's been a big one on this but like I'm seeing it more even in my own life like taking just one of the kids to do something you know even if it's just yeah. an ice cream or you know what I mean it doesn't have to be some big yeah um, because then it's like they, they're seen, they're heard, you know, especially like we have a big family, a loud family, we have special needs. Uh, a lot of times, yeah, you're not seen or heard. Mm. So I think that that's a huge thing to just kind of carve out that time, one-on-one time so that your kids are feeling like they can talk about something they're struggling with, or they just talk about something they're excited about and just really feel heard, you know, and sometimes just being Jesus to them in that way. Wow. It's more than, you know, yeah. Teaching them. Yeah. 27 books of the Bible. or something. That's so good. That's so good. That's so practical. And I, you and Greg in particular, because you have five kids and, you know, a couple of them have special needs and you're also pastors and you write and you, do yeah. a podcast and you know you have a lot of different things going on in life so yeah like how has that how do you guys handle that how do you how do you balance it where you're still able to and i don't really like that word balance i used to love that i don't i don't really because I, I don't think our lives we can be we can become perfectionistic or religious about trying to balance everything and it's very rarely going to going to feel balanced. We're always going to kind of be probably erring on one side or the other. <laughs> but yeah, even even as far as you guys and your you and Greg, your one on one time and then that one on one time with the kids and all of that, which every single level of it's important. And at the same time, God has called you guys to have these churches and to plant churches and to, you know, all these different things that are going on. How, how have you guys kind of navigated through that? I think one of the things that has helped a lot is like, and I don't know who said this, but like when you rest, rest hard, <laughs> Wow. Like really rest. And that sounds stupid and like, okay. But like, you know, so for example, today is my husband always takes Monday off. Right. And mm. I mean, half the time he won't even pick up his phone. And I'm like, even this morning before this interview, I was like, your phone is ringing. And he's like, I don't care. And I'm like, oh, it's Monday. I worry for him. <laughs> like, what if it's an emergency? Like, he really knows how to just completely disconnect and like shut off. No, this mm. is my day off. Like, you know, if, if someone really needs me, they can drive over here. You know, if something's burning down, <laughs> the church is burning down. Um, so he's really good at that. Um, and I think, you know, as much as we hate schedules, like I hate schedules, but I think scheduling in, right. You know, that rest day, scheduling in that day, you know, where you're taking your kid out, like you just have to, and it's non-negotiable. Like I have an appointment 
the appointments with my son, but I don't have to tell you that, you know, because yeah. <laughs> something I've been really struggling with. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, anyone in ministry probably does is the gracious no of just like learning to say no a lot because everyone, the more, and this is the funny thing, the more capable you are, the more people will ask you to do things. And then that means the more you have to say no, <laughs> which yeah. I'm not good at the no part. Right. So if you're like always trying to like please everybody else and yeah, I can help you. I can do this. You're just like so spread thin. And that's my big struggle. Now my husband doesn't have a problem. He's just like, nope, <laughs> no explanation. Nope. Wow. <laughs> you know? But that's definitely my struggle. And um, I've been getting better, but really just learning to like, you know, no, I'm setting a schedule, you know, whether it's this is my writing day or this is my day off. Or this is my day, you know, then I'm taking my son after school. Like it's an appointment. It's not, it's, it's not fluid. It's a structured part, you know, just like this yeah. interview structured into my day. It's that same, it's not negotiable. And I think if we really, you know, obviously we can have fluidity in our schedule in general, but those things that matter the most, like those family things, like those don't move. Everything else can move around it, you know? So it's easier said than done, though. Very much. Wow. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you said that, though. Like, yeah, I have an appointment and uh, <laughs> took my son, but it's just as important or more yeah. important as as a regular appointment. I, I've even fun. used that before, where like, like, uh, oh yeah, well, I've got an appointment at at uh, at noon today, and my appointment is like for me to eat lunch and watch a movie because I just need to rest. <laughs> like I just need to relax. Yep, that's the same thing. Right. And it feels bad. It feels like you're lying, but not if you've set out, this is what I'm doing. You don't owe an explanation to anybody. It's hard though, because there's people and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this, you and your wife, but they'll make you feel bad. Oh, for sure. It's and awesome. it's really hard. That line becomes fuzzy. Cause you're like, I am a pastor. They're not feeling loved right now. Yeah. Feeling like that I pastor have, guilt is real. Yeah, I don't have time for them, you know, and it's, it's really hard. I mean, it's hard to balance friendships in ministry because mm. you get so drained. I'm sure you can relate to this, but you get, you Absolutely. get so drained by people and then you want to spend time with those other friendships. But the truth is sometimes you're just so drained. You need to eat on your couch and watch a movie. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> You got to make those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you uh, kind of a branch off from that question. What, how do you guys handle? And again, I'm sure it's different, but between your different kids, cause they're different ages and, and everything, different personalities, different maturity levels. But how did, how would you all handle a situation where there's some kind of a conflict or some kind of a challenge or struggle that you are facing as a family. Like the, the only good example I can think of right now would be, let's say there's a financial challenge or something right. like that. Do you believe in kind of like shielding and sheltering your kids from that to where they don't have any idea that there's something going on? Or do you kind of believe in a little bit more of let's bring them into it? I, I've just, I've heard trains a, School's a thought on both sides mm -hmm. and, and I, I see value in both sides. And, and I'm just curious what your kind of approach has been um, to, to this kind of a thing. Like there's a challenge going on. We can just completely shield our kids from it so that they have no idea that it's going on. Um, or we can kind of let them in a little bit and sort of be a part of us praying 
about it, you know, praying it through as a family, or they can be a part of just knowing what's going on because, you know, they might see us acting differently or they might see these different things. And right. so how much of, right. of it do we bring our kids into those challenges and things that we face in life? And how much do we just kind of not let them know anything? Right. And, you know, just yeah, curious what I, your thoughts I are. For us now, I don't know if this is across the board for everyone, but I think um, it really depends on the kid for me. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked a lot, like in our podcast and stuff, we talk about our, like discipline is different for each of our kids. Um, obviously we have special needs and that makes sense, but I think sometimes we cookie cutter stuff just in general with <laughs> our kids, but I think we really got to look at each one of them individually. So for example, something like this, I would, I would definitely tell my son, um, my teenage son. Like if there was, mm -hmm. I mean, depending, right. I guess it depends on the type of struggle, but for the most part, I would tell him in part, not in full, you know, so that he could pray so that he would be aware because he would be catching all that stuff anyway. But then my two that are adopted and it's less about their age, although this might change over time, but more about their emotional state. So both of my two gotcha. that are adopted, this, this is a silly example, but last night, uh, someone came, we put a, we got a new table and we put our old table on Facebook marketplace. Right. So someone came in a truck and to pick it up, you know, a hundred bucks, you know, is it, it, it was destroyed, right? Like the, the kids destroyed this table. And so we give it to them and they're loading it in. And I look and in the garage, my, my daughter is bawling, crying, just crying and crying and crying and cry for 20 minutes afterwards. And I'm like, what is happening? She's like, I drew on that table. She had climbed underneath and all over the yeah. bottom and like was like seriously hurting that that table was leaving. But that's been our table for so long. And I, it was just so weird. And I was like, it's gross. We have a new table. We don't. It's fine. But so like I, I use that silly example. Now she's eight. She's not like three or four. Um, and my son is nine. And. I don't know if it's because of the adoption or just their personalities, but their emotional states, I feel more like we'd have to shelter something like that from them just because like my son in particular, he thinks a lot. He would lay in his bed thinking and mm. worrying about the thing I shared with him. Wow. You know what I mean? And almost yeah. on that, even if I only shared a part, say it was a money Mom and dad don't have money to pay the mortgage. I feel like he's <laughs> oh, that's a real thing. I mean, not right now, but <laughs> it has been, you know, like, I feel like he'd take that on and he'd be laying awake thinking about it and getting his pennies from his piggy bank. You know what I mean? And again, it might be because of their age. Wow. They are getting older and it's still definitely for both of them. I just really think you need to look at your child individually because my son is mature enough to be able to one handle that, two not take it on by by himself, but three be able to see God working through it and pray with us. Um, where my two that are adopted, I don't feel like they could now. Maybe they will when they're older, but again, I just think there's just that. Yeah, it's it's definitely a hard thing, but. Yeah, I just think I would take it one at a time instead of having like a family meeting. You know, and with us, yeah. we've really been able to do that because our family is like everybody's in a different place, you know, in understanding wise, you know. Sure. So we've always kind of approached things on an individual basis. But I think even if our family was typical, I would do the same. 
Because, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think it could cause their faith to grow. I think they could pray and believe God. You know, if there's something that we're struggling with, um, if they were in a place where they were mature enough to do that. And I think it could be a benefit to a child. Whereas another child, it could be something that they're just dwelling on and worrying. You know, mm. what I mean? like even that personality. Yeah. Like a worrier versus like someone that's able to take information in and not carry it. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's an aspect of it that I hadn't really thought about before. But yeah, the emotional right. um, stability or the emo just the, the level of, you know, some kids are just more emotional than others. And as you said, some kids will kind of be more prone to worrying and to kind of taking it on themselves and uh, thinking that even 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 thinking that they're part of the problem or right. if I wasn't here yeah. you wouldn't see yeah. me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like my my son he's uh, my oldest is 11 and um we've you know had him in karate for the past few years and uh he said something recently where he was like was like, I don't really need to do karate anymore because, you know, it's like costing you guys money every month and we don't need to. I'm like, dude, you do not need to to worry about that. And he probably overheard me saying something, honestly, like <laughs> like there was a reason why he brought that up. He might have overheard me talking to my wife about something and, um, you know, about bills that were due or whatever. And I was like, dude, like you, that's not your responsibility. Like that's, that's our responsibility, you know, as, as far as, as far as that goes, like, exactly. I guess we'll let you know if we, <laughs> if we can't afford it anymore oh. and we just can't do it. Um, and, uh, there's definitely been times where it's like, it's like, oh man, I wish I didn't have this bill. That's one of those bills I always forget about. And it's, oh, yeah, it's one of those things that, but I, but I don't put that on him, you know what I mean? And so, but yeah, but there are other things he's getting older now. And so there's things that I will you know, bring him into just little by little and kind of sharing things with him more. My youngest, he just turned seven and, you know, it's, it's just, it's different. You know, it's, it's very different what I would share with my 11 year old right. than with my seven year old. And yeah, I think but, it's a factor, but I think their personality too, right? Like in the absolutely things should be, you know, cause you can have a 16 year old that you may not share all that with because of their worrying or stress, right? You know, it's just anxiety or like, yeah, yeah. It just depends. So a little bit, little bit more of a personal question. What about, do you guys, do you guys ever fight in front of your kids, you and Greg? Like, would you allow your kids to see you guys fight? I know some people are, are just very much like, like my kids will never see us fight. And oh. I understand the merit to that. But I'm just curious. <laughs> well, in theory, that sounds like a really good idea. But in reality, like too many kids can't hide, like, you can't hide to, from them. Oh, let's pause. Let's pause right now and let's walk into the bedroom <laughs> and have this conversation. I don't know why. Maybe we're just not mature enough. But that, yeah. So yes, they totally have heard this. Yeah, and the Many worst times. part is when they're like, then tell you know my you know uncle or you know mom or something. Mom and dad were fighting about blah blah blah, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, our kids have definitely. We don't. I don't think we. I mean, obviously, if we have to have like a, a long discussion about something, then it would be, you know, done not around them, something serious. But usually, most of the time, it's just that it, it's not serious, right? I got annoyed. Mm -hmm. Greg got annoyed. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. bickering slash getting mad in a moment, but it's really not, you know. And I think sometimes though it's good to to be able to model someone getting upset, you know, the other person just, you know, kind of walking away or whatever and like it being okay. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. not turning yeah. into a big thing too. Like, cause sometimes yeah. I'm annoyed. I mean, my son does it to me all the time. He'll be annoyed and, and snap at me and I'll be like, don't say that, you know? And like, I don't know. It's, it's real life. People are going to get upset at you and you kind of yeah. just gotta be able to continue to <clears throat> not let it, you know, explode, but move along. Sure. Sure. Oh so, yeah. So I don't know if that's, that's probably not good parenting advice. But that's <laughs> it's probably not good parenting. <laughs> I want to do a whole um, one of the podcast episodes. I don't know if it'll be the next one, but in the future, a whole one about anger, um, anger from the parent side, but also just like even dealing with special needs and meltdowns, you know, with my daughter yeah. and stuff. But so kind of all across the board, one about anger. So I think that'll be a really yeah hot topic <laughs> it's very cool I, yeah I, I'm pretty sure I have an episode of this podcast that I did with my wife it might have been with my wife and and one of our friends though I can't remember if it was just us or if there were three of us but uh where it's called like bad parenting or something like that it's <laughs> at, at least it's part of the title and yeah we talked about some some things some, <laughs> some cool. things that we've done but yeah the, the, one of the one of the things that uh, because I I I identify with what you just said. And one of the things that I try that I try not to do is like if my wife and I have a disagreement about something related to the children, right. that's one area where I I, tr I try to not let them see that because I don't want them to see something that would give them this like subconscious ability to manipulate like a string to pull on, you know? <laughs> because they know that there's like disjointedness between mom and dad or whatever. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the areas where, where I, I try, but, but again, I've, uh, I've definitely been guilty of that too, of like, like I probably should have waited to say something about this, you know, when we were, you know, in a different room or whatever, but just kind of in the moment without even really giving it enough thought, yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like, 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 I don't know, I don't know about that one. <laughs> like, let's, uh, Let's see about this. Like, I'm not sure if, and so it's never anything like major, at least not that I can think of, but yeah, like those little things where we might not be fully on the same page about something right away. That makes sense. And I, I like to not really let them see those things when it's related to them. But, but again, even on that, I, I probably haven't done a great job. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me come up with one more question for you just related to parenting and, um all right this is this is this is forg forgive the clicheness of this question but what about just like the the sex the sex conversation um oh and all of that yeah. you know just how do, how do you guys handle stuff like that um well it wasn't planned my oldest <laughs> how old was dear when you had your conversation with him talk to my husband he's in the room <laughs> Nine? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. So young. Um, so I didn't think it. I mean, we had thought, oh, you know, maybe when they're 10 or something, we'll. 10, yeah. Down, right? 
but he started asking questions of my husband and and it was more like i don't understand how my cousin like he was trying to figure out family dynamics but they weren't married but they were married and how how you know and my husband was like you know people can have a baby without being married and he was like how and he's like oh, yeah no. <laughs> so yeah so it ended up they had you know kind of the sex talk in the taco bell parking lot which is my son's favorite restaurant <laughs> at the end of the, of the the talk my son was like i can't you just told me this at taco bell <laughs> he was just, his whole world was destroyed in that moment really um so yeah that's kind of we kind of have you know He's the only one we've had to talk with, but my son, Isaac, is now nine. So I'm thinking it's probably going to happen soon just because that was around the yeah. age year was. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was pretty like, you know, and I, I'm under the, like, I think as far as just parenting advice on this, the earlier, the better. Now, obviously not mm. like you know, four or five. That's not, not too, yeah. yeah, no, because they're hearing things in school. Like you would, unfortunately, if your kid goes to a public school, you're being exposed to all kinds of terms, thoughts, conversations, you know, and my husband's stance has always been, I'd rather you hear it from me first, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then, then they can also feel like when they hear other things and as time goes on, they can come to the parents because they've already started that conversation yes you know, like so as awkward as it is and maybe you know like even in that situation with my son he was just mortified you know and you, you think oh god maybe it was too soon i really don't think it was because you know this stuff especially when they hit junior high i mean they're just going to be bombarded with everything and we can be you know that sounding board if you start the conversation early so yeah, it's really good. That's really good. Yeah, that idea, I guess, of wanting them to hear it from you before they hear it from somebody else, because they hear it from another source. It's going to be convoluted. It's going to have this weird, you know, like oh, yeah. teenager spin on it or, yeah. you know, tween, tween spin on it or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's huge. And And I think fostering that in them where they do have that that freedom you know to come and talk to you about it if something comes up or they're not sure about something they heard something they were like confused about something or yeah, whatever and honestly my son's done that i mean he's gonna be 14 now he's done that since then i mean less to me <laughs> and more to my husband but sure. that's fine i don't care as long as he's talking to someone you know so mm -hmm. yeah i think I don't even want to think about the girl side of things and I haven't had to because my daughter is 12, but she has special needs. So there isn't really the cognitive ability to understand. So, but my youngest is eight and yeah, that, that will be, I think it'll be, it's a little bit different with girls too, I think. So, but we'll see a couple years probably. So my wife is due next month and we're <laughs> expecting a baby girl. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm terrified. I mean, I've got, I've got years. I've got a lot of time to get ready for it, but oh, so yeah, that you don't have any terrifies girls, me. Huh? Yeah. We have two boys. Wow. So exciting though. Yeah. Yeah. We're stoked. We're oh, really, we're really pumped. Yeah. That's awesome. Aww. He's doing, feeling good. Health-wise. What'd you say? Is, is she feeling good? Well? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been doing um pretty good. She's never gotten like the morning with any of our kids, like the morning sickness and like you know, I know they call it morning sickness, but I know for a lot of women it happens all day long. Um, it's like she never really had that. I mean, every once in a while, but but like probably count them on one hand. It's like, you know, one hand the amount of times that she wow. actually, she's you know, lucky. felt like that, you know, nauseated feeling or whatever. Um, she's done she's done well. We're kind of in the home stretch. I think she's at about to be 35 weeks. Wow. So yeah, yeah, That's we're pretty cool. pumped. It's cool. So it's a whole new world to be a dad to a girl, just so you know. <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm sure it's going to change me yeah. in ways that i'm not ready for um <laughs> but i'm ready for the adventure you know yep. um we we kind of it was intentional i'll say like we we had we're having her on purpose right um and uh but our our old you know our youngest was six at the time when she got pregnant and we, I was kind of in that we had always had this idea that we wanted to have more, more kids, but at the same time, a lot of life went by and we were very, you know, comfortable where we were. Right. Over. I was like, you know, do we really want to do this again? But, uh, but after really, you know, thinking about things and we were like, you know what, I don't want to, my, I guess my thought was like, I don't want to be older. And like, now we've got grandkids running around and stuff like that. And have this thought that my family's not as big as it could have been. You know what I mean? Like right now it seems to matter more because it's happening now, but in the future, I think we're going to, well, for sure. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's yeah. going to be, but anyway, we're excited. We're ready for the adventure and uh, you know, Aww. just That's diapers awesome. and sleepless nights <laughs> coming up. So it's <laughs> my husband for one more, but he's not on board. So <laughs> seems like y'all have enough but you i know, know that's, that's, what he says. that's just <laughs> <laughs> um well jessica i appreciate you i appreciate your time before we before we kind of start closing this down um let's talk a little bit about um the conference from the christianparenting.org conference that's coming up next month it is right yeah, it's April 8th. So um, we, as part of our podcast network, Christian Parenting hosts a digital um, parenting conference every year. Uh, it only, right now, it's only 29 bucks, which is like, I've never heard of a conference this cheap. Um, and That's there's awesome. 40 different speakers, uh, um, teaching sessions, basically, on parenting, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, if you want to know more information, Bob Goff is one of the main speakers. I mentioned him earlier. Um, Paul Tripp is there. Gary Thomas, who's written um, Sacred Marriage and Sacred Parenting. Mm. A lot of really awesome, well-known, well-respected Christian speakers. Um, yeah, so all it is is you, it's $29 to register. If you register by the 16th of March, so it's only a couple more days. Um, after that, I think it's $49, but on April 8th, all 40 of the sessions will be, um, released to you. But the cool thing about this, which is something unique to an online conference too, is you have access to them for an entire year. So until yeah, that's 31st cool. of this year, you can watch, you could watch one parenting, you know, session a week or something like you don't have to try to cram all of these teachings in at once, you know, you might want to watch, you know, a couple of the main speakers and then wait a week and 
there's all kinds of topics like mental health, parenting through the pandemic, living undistracted, all kinds of really cool, um, practical, you know, parenting stuff. Um, so yeah, just, I think Dukes has a link, right? Am I saying that? Is that right? Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, I have, so can they go to christianparenting.org and find it, or is there a specific link that we want there, to, they can do that either. we want to share? There is a link, okay. I, I, maybe I didn't share it with you, but, or they can go, yeah, christianparenting.org. You probably did. I'll look back either way. I'll, um, if no. I don't have it, I'll get it from you. I'll make sure we put it in the show notes awesome. and, um, and we'll go from there. And then for anybody that's, that's watching this online, um, I'll go ahead and I'll put it in like a comment or something like that, a link that's clickable so that they can uh, check it out from, from there. And all of that's just, I mean, that's an incredible resource and it's super. So for $29, I think there's uh, just a couple days left on that. Right. And then, yeah. and then the, the price goes up. So jump on it quick, jump on it quick and get that for, for 29 bucks. That's awesome. You can't beat that. No, you can't even go out to eat with that or fill a quarter <laughs> of your tank right now. <laughs> And you get it for a whole year. Yeah. So it's very cool. That's very cool. Well, uh, congratulations um, to you and Greg, um, Jessica, for uh, just the what you've done already uh, with the podcast, really just for being obedient to to getting rolling with it, even kind of having those thoughts as you expressed, like those thoughts at the beginning of yeah. do we want to do a podcast? Like, do we do we want to do that? But kind of seeing that 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 need. Yeah. You know, something that you were looking for that you couldn't find and then recognizing that, you know what, there's probably a whole bunch of other people out there that are, you know, like me, that are like us in a similar situation. Right. They're looking for resources. They're looking for hope. And uh, so kind of taking on that that responsibility and just being that that willingness to just do it and to launch out and. It's really cool that ChristianParenting.org picked it up so quickly, and it's just a beautiful thing. So congratulations on the success that you guys have had so far with that, and uh, super appreciate what you guys do, and um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. It's always good. Yeah. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, we can also tell people they can check out JessicaHurlbut.org, excuse me, .com, yeah. right? Yep. Um, to find out a little bit more about you and what you do um, and some of the resources that you uh, have available there. Don't forget to check out the Full Spectrum Parent podcast again on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, also available at ChristianParenting.org as well. And um, anything else? Am I leaving out anything, Jess? No, no, I think we're good. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for taking the time to check out this conversation today. I hope that it blessed you or challenged you in some way. If it did, if you'd consider subscribing, liking, sharing, commenting, leaving a review, I'd love to hear your questions or your thoughts or anything like that on anything that we discussed today. Uh, yeah, appreciate you guys. Hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Uh, Jessica and Greg, love you guys. Talk to you soon, okay? Bye.